All right, let's turn our attention to the Word today. We're going to title today's message, God Values Sabbath Rest. God Values Sabbath Rest. Let's look at the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verses 27 through 28. And Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Well, we already have some questions about what's going on here. This is going to be helpful to us. We're going to look at um, what God is doing. This is actually a good gift from God that is helpful for us. It is a rhythm of uh, of life. It is God giving us guidance for how to have, and it's it's been an ancient path for people throughout human history that has been life-giving. Um and it's about the rhythm of life. Really what it is, is a mechanism to help us receive the grace of God and a new, greater ability to live life. To, 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 it, it is a, a way for us to receive the love of God and to love God. And it is an essential way for us to be in relationship with God. And to slow down life long enough so that we can absorb the truth that who we are is more important than what we do. It's a rhythm to, to carve out time to rest, to do nothing, to be, to just be with God. Um, it's really helpful. And I know that this, we're going to talk about some things that might feel a little bit controversial, which is probably the last thing that you want right now is a little bit more controversy. But I guarantee you, I promise that this is a life-giving God idea that will bring you more grace, more peace, and more strength into your life. Now, I know that uh, different ones of us think about a ball in different ways. Uh, for some of us, there are childhood memories of goofing off, having a good time, having fun. Uh, recently in a men's life group, I told a story about how Little League Baseball for me was just a, uh, was a fun memory, but also a memory about the candy truck that was always there at the baseball field and my favorite candy bars. And so when I, when I see a baseball, when I play catch with a baseball, I'm reminded, I'm taken back to what it was like to be a young boy, um, on those days, carefree and just having fun. Um, now, but at the same time, uh, maybe you've had an experience with a ball where it was like a hit upside the head and it was not a pleasant experience or something with sports is something you don't get or, or something about the competition, you had a negative experience. I think that Sabbath can be the same way. We, we If we immediately, as soon as we hear, like that's a topic of conversation, it can be like, I don't want to hit upside the head. Or maybe we immediately associate it with guilt or legalism. Listen, Jesus is saying in this passage, you've missed the point. That's not what it's about. It should be fun. It should be life-giving. It should be something that you enjoy. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, God values Sabbath rest. And what we see right there in the passage, Jesus is saying, 
because they they were these other religious leaders were using the Sabbath to challenge his identity as Messiah because he was doing things different than their customs and their way of viewing things, which was largely focused on external behaviors as a means to accomplish their salvation. Jesus is saying, you've missed the point. But he's also not getting rid of this principle of God. He's saying the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Um, but I just want to remind you that what we're talking about is a rhythm of your life that includes rest that will help you slow down to remember who you are is more important than what you do. What we see in scripture, and we're going to unpack briefly a biblical look at this, is that it was a day to stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. So what do we do on the Sabbath? Well, number one, we stop work. Where do we come up with that idea? Genesis chapter two, verses one through four, uh, walking through the story of creation. Um, and I want to remind us that the Bible is not a science textbook. The Bible is perfect in its revelation of God's love story to which the climax is Jesus, making it possible for us to be in a love relationship with God. But in the description of the creation story, what we see is that after six days of creation, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, with the comments that I just made, I also just want to clarify that we believe that the Bible is inspired by Scripture. And a helpful book on that front is right here. Why Should I Trust the Bible by Timothy Paul Jones? Just something to think about, um, but not something to jump into before you've done Purple Book. Purple Book is the most helpful for us to get a sense of what's going on there. So we see on the seventh day, God finished his work and rested, his work of creation, and he rested from all creation. So number one, what we do on a Sabbath is we stop work. And that's anything that is labor. It could be paid labor or unpaid labor. Now, you might have certain things that uh, you do that um, are actions around the house that are life-giving to you. Let me give you a weird example of that. So for eight years, I had a job where full-time travel was a part of my job, flying from one city to the next and staying in hotels. And through that, um, you know, um, doing my own laundry and being responsible to, you know, look presentable and everything. One thing that actually was relaxing for me, that was one of the few things that I could consistently do in every city was walking and ironing my shirts. Now I didn't iron this one today. It didn't need it, but that was something that became oddly relaxing to me. I would, I would just chill out. And so for me on a Sabbath, if I were to iron my shirt, it, it, it could be something that is relaxing. Now, if then that you probably you don't think about that that way at all. And so it would be labor. And so it'd be something that you would rest from. Uh, so it's stepping back from errands and household work as well as the work that you get paid for. So stop work. A second 
Uh, what do we do on the Sabbath? Well, enjoy rest. And you see that in God. God takes the seventh day to enjoy rest. Now, this requires advanced planning. And most of the ancient people that read this uh, were farmers. And you learn a little bit about farming, and there is something to do every day, especially in the harvest season. And so to think about resting from your labor for a day would require advanced planning. Advanced planning to stop from work that is earning money or that is necessary for your livelihood and uh, get involved with activities that restore and replenish us, spending time with friends, a family, reading for fun, napping, hiking, um, getting out into nature, eating good food. It would be a time where they would have an, an extra great meal, uh, playing games. Um, and for us, rest probably should mean avoiding the news and avoiding social media. Uh, so where do we come up with these concepts? Well, it's interesting. If you look at the Ten Commandments, the one that God really explains Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, remember to observe the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male, female servants, uh, your livestock, any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So on the Sabbath, we stop work and we rest. Number three, what you'll also see here in Genesis is practice delight. Genesis chapter one, verse 31, in initiating the Sabbath, God describes the creation as very good. He takes delight in the good things. He notices what was good about the week. It's a part of the Sabbath practice. I'm going to take delight in the good things. And so it's a joyful recognition, a celebration of accomplishment. And did you know that God gives us identity and vocation God gives us purpose. God gives us, he creates us in a way where there are things about work that we can enjoy. Now, the labor of work was a part of the result of sin from the story we see in Adam and Eve. But the fulfillment in work is a part of God's original intent. He Remember, he gave Adam and Eve stuff to do that would be fulfilling to them, exciting to them. And so there can be a way for me to, it's helpful for me to stop and look back on the things that were good about the week and take delight in them. But also, enjoying nature, enjoying God's creation was definitely a part of this. And that's what God was doing in that moment. He was enjoying the ocean, the mountain, the animals, the birds, the fish. He was like, this is very good. Practicing delight. Now, this might sound really weird to you. But what will be helpful is if you will pause weekly to say what gives me joy and delight. Now, I know those words might just sound strange and it takes time to try these things out, to experiment with them. But what I'm saying is that this is helpful. This is going to, this is a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline that is going to help you enjoy life more. Make a gratitude list. Uh, do things that you enjoy. Feast on the miracle of life with all your senses. Take time to smell the flowers. Take time to enjoy the good stuff. 
Uh, number four in the Sabbath practice is to contemplate God. It was also meant to be in their rhythm of work and rest, a day set aside as holy to God. Holy means set apart, pure, dedicated. So it was a day where they would have time to worship God. This would be personal and collected with other people, which we see specifically in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, so in the New Testament, we see in Acts chapter 2 um, and going forward that the believers actually would gather for this purpose more than once a week, but definitely not less than once a week. The believers would be getting together for time specifically set aside to focus on God. And then also they would have personal and private time with God on this day as well. What it should be is a time where we are spending time with God, not looking at the clock. And some of you will remember uh, the journey we went on in the past with uh, the prayer pastor from uh, Portland, Mark Jones and Robert Alvarado and their team in the book Unscripted. Um, just talking about time with God where it's not in a time crunch. Uh, and what we should be doing is pondering the love of God. It, it, that should be a central focus of our Sabbath. We need a weekly time to just shut everything down and just be still, be quiet. Soak in the reality that God loves you. And from what we understand from what Jesus said, God the Holy Spirit is all about helping us with this. Uh, so it should be time set aside to draw closer to God, to be with God. And that should remind us that who we are is more important than what we do. It's also time where we will receive forgiveness of sins, a time where, where we just in set aside that we'll, we'll start to unpack our week. In Celebrate Recovery, we call it an inventory, which is something that can be done in a big part of our journey, but also in a daily way. Hey, what happened this week? What do I need to repent of, get forgiveness from? What do I need to receive healing from? And what I have found to be true is that people who take this practice seriously tend to also be more joyful because this is uh, something that you might fear initially. If I slow down, I'm going to experience my fears, the things that I'm afraid of or the things that I feel guilty about. But if we instead use it as an opportunity to come to God and receive forgiveness from God, that then it's going to be God's way of peeling away guilt and shame and cleansing us and and bringing us to a place of spiritual healing. I like what Peter Scazzaro, the way that he describes it, uh, emotionally healthy spirituality uh, um, in this way. It is a a mechanism for God's grace and goodness in our life. Stopping, slowing down in that way. It's that mechanism. Isn't that good? An essential delivery mechanism for God's grace and goodness in our life. Uh, this stopping once a week for that. It, it provides a God-ordained way uh, to slow us down for meaningful connection with God, ourselves, and those we care about. Here's what uh, Pastor Peter says. There are some things God can deposit into our souls only when we unplug completely from work and rest. 
take time to rest. Here's what uh, Pastor Eugene Peterson says. Sabbath is not primarily about us or how it benefits us. It is about God and how God forms us. I don't see any way out of it. If we're going to live appropriately in the creation, we must keep the Sabbath. And Lynn, Bob, in uh, the book Sabbath Keeping, Finding Freedom in the Rhythms of Rest, says this, To fail to see the value of simply being with God and doing nothing is to miss the heart of Christianity. I think that's true. The ancient Greek word... um, for rule of life, from which we get rule of life, um, actually in modern translations uses uh, the French for the word trellis. And a trellis is a structure that helps particular species of plant be healthy, um, avoid uh, pests, um, and be more fruitful. It helps them be more full of life the way that they were designed to. And uh, Sabbath is like, it's like a trellis. It's a, a rule of life. It's like a trellis. It's a helpful structure to cause us to be fruitful and healthy. Now, what's really important that we see in scripture is for us to manage the tension between being legalistic about this or being far too loose with it and it not being helpful. And we see that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these are rules, these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. We also pick up on this in Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 9, which is relevant to so many things right now, whether it be masks, uh, different elements of politics or things. Romans 14, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. We don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor God. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose to be the Lord, both of the living and of the dead. A part of what's being talked about here is that already what what they were seeing was that they were Gentile Christians in particular that were practicing Sabbath and holy days on different days of the week. And there was controversy. There were people that were coming in from a Jewish culture perspective, focused on external behavior, legalistic things as being essential to salvation. And throughout the New Testament, we see multiple examples of where there was teaching to say, no, Jesus didn't say that. Nope, that's not essential to our salvation. And this is why some of you have heard me say this before. I don't think that Sunday as a day on the lunar calendar is a holy day. What I do think is holy is that we as believers have a rhythm of a once a week set aside for God for rest and for worship, that it is both individual and it is both for us as a group. Recently in God's love story, we were talking about how Jesus brings us together like the body, strategically connecting us. And so our time weekly together uh, and multiple times for us is 
how Jesus followers did it in the New Testament and what we believe is important. Now, should we decide that that should be on a day other than Sunday or Thursday or whatever? What is being said here is as long as you have a conviction between you and God of when and how it should be done, that's what's important. But the focus is not the specific day of the week. The focus is Jesus. We actually see that uh, Jesus himself had to deal with this quite a bit as people were coming at him, attacking the way that he practiced the Sabbath and using it to try to argue whether or not he was the Messiah. And what we see, we have a lot of examples of this, and and we're not going to take the time to unpack all of them, but in particular, a number of stories, Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, Jesus is doing healing miracles on the Sabbath, which is really interesting for a number of reasons. They were trying to say that that was labor. Jesus is saying the Sabbath principle should be where people receive help from God. And where it's okay for them to help each other. But he also sets up a pattern from the Sabbath for people receiving healing miracles. They have slowed down life enough to recognize their own limitations, recognize their own weakness, and in some cases recognize their own illness and come to God for healing. And in in Jesus establishing his identity as Messiah, he's saying, listen, this once a week for rest and for worship is also a time of healing. He's also saying to them, you've got it twisted. You've gotten distracted. You've made this legalistic. Um, and that's not what it's about. It's about having a time and place where we are living with God, just being with God, in relationship with God, expressing our wholehearted devotion to God, and receiving the love that God has for us. We see this also in John chapter 5. In um, Luke chapter 13, 10 through 17, we also see this in Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Dr. Luke, of course, really noting those healing miracles and the specific teachings of Jesus. Who's saying, you're missing the point. It's not about a legalistic control of your behaviors. It's about your wholehearted devotion to God. But at the same time, Jesus affirms and confirms the principle of Sabbath being this weekly rhythm where there's specific time set aside for rest and for worship, like a trellis, a helpful structure. It's a mechanism, remember, to help us receive the grace of God, receiving love for God and a grace from God, a new ability for the week. And then it's also a weekly time for me to give love for God, um, and give love to God. And that that is really important, a time for gratitude. And really what we shouldn't, and what they, where they also had it twisted was I work, 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 so that I can rest. It's actually upside down in the kingdom of God. I rest so that I can work. <laughs> it sounds, sounds strange, sounds different. But again, remember it's a mechanism so that I can receive this love for God. I'm going to force myself to slow down. And remember the principle that who you are is more important than what you do. Um, I had a um, a high-pressure job at a corporate environment as a manager for a while. And the owners of the company had um, interesting ideas about work-rest rhythms. And the the staff of the company also uh, the intensity of the day and the way in which... um, 
myself and a couple of others were relied on constantly. And I did something a little bit like you see in the book of Daniel, where I floated an experiment by them. And I said, um, listen, I think I can be a better use to you, a more effective manager and uh, trainer. I was responsible for training. If I come in at this time of the day and I leave at this time of the day, uh, but also if um, at least once a week I have a lunch break where I'm uninterrupted. And what that became was a, a time where I would prayer walk before I would eat. Um, and uh, so it was a, a different concept for them. They liked the concept of the managers eating at their desk or eating in a way where they were available to the employees um, in the office. And I said, hey, let's just try this out. Try it for a couple of weeks and see what you think. Um, and we tried it. And I was more effective and I was eventually given more responsibility as a result of that. So I know a lot of times we can think, well, I don't have a choice because of my job, blah, 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 blah. No, you do. You do. Which is the higher authority, God or your company? Who's actually providing you the opportunity to earn money, God or your company? Sometimes we just got to get real um, and we don't have to take every job. Um, and I know that might sound really weird at a time like this, but it's true. And I have found over and over and over in helping people, um, a lot of folks are underemployed and are able to do jobs where they can earn more money. And Rebecca and I both have worked uh, in positions in the corporate world, being responsible for hiring people and firing people. And we've helped a lot of people get jobs that they didn't think that they could get, making money they didn't think they could make. So hit us up. Let us know if we can be helpful to you. But a part of it is you got to have your own guidelines, your own standards. So we talked about this. I want to get a little bit more specific. How do we respond to this? How do we put into practice these principles of stopping work, enjoying rest, practicing delight, and contemplating God once a week. Well, first, what I'm recommending, number one, read about the Sabbath. And um, that's going to be in books like Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, uh, 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 Emotionally Healthy Leader, and that's going to give us concepts that are going to be helpful to us. So number one, read. Number two, identify 24 hours. Now, this is going to take time for you to experiment and try different things. Don't be hard on yourself. That's not the point. The point is to rest and have restorative practices, life-giving practices, and time with God. So read about it. Identify a 24-hour period. What they would often do in ancient times is they'd have an evening, whether it be a Friday evening or a Saturday evening, where they would prepare a great meal to enjoy together. And they would light a candle and they would say thank you to God and have a meal of thanksgiving to start it and then rest overnight, rest and worship the next day and morning. And then into that following dinner time, uh, have another kind of celebration meal, that closing dinner that would help them celebrate it. So that was how they would do it, identifying that 24 hours. Number three, make a list of what brings you delight. What makes you happy. Uh, it's helpful to, hey, taking a nap makes me happy. Make a list. 
Taking a walk makes me happy. Getting outdoors, uh, playing a video game, reading something just for fun, um, looking at the NFL schedule. You know, what is it that makes you happy? Make a list of those things because you can mix in those activities on your Sabbath. Number four, prepare in advance. The only way this is going to work is if you structure your week. You learn how to structure your week. Okay, so this means for me, labor is doing the laundry, is preparing meals. Labor is grocery shopping. Labor is the work I get paid for. So you got to structure your week in such a way where all that stuff gets done in six days and you're not doing those things on seven days. And you may need to communicate with your employer. And this sounds crazy, I know, but trust me, it works. I don't respond to work emails on my Sabbath. I just don't. It's still going to be there. I can respond to it 24 hours later. Make a list of what brings you delight. Prepare in advance. But you got to do some work, uh, organization work, in order to be able to do that, preparing for advance. Now, number five is define your protective container and then experiment. Now, this I'm taking really from Pastor Peter Scazzaro's materials, so I'm just going to read you a couple examples from that. How do I protect the Sabbath day? So I'm going to really think through, uh, I'm going to rest from work, physical exhaustion, hurriedness, multitasking, competitiveness, worry, decision making, catching up on errands, talking, and technology. I strongly recommend that on your Sabbath, you are resting from social media um, and most most texting and direct messaging and your preparation to protect it is also going to include a list like this. On the Sabbath, I will have a specific time it starts, maybe lighting a candle, giving thanks, spending intentional time listening to God in scripture, which includes this, our time together, but also private time and prayer and silence, just resting in God's presence On the Sabbath, I'll expose myself to the beautiful works of God's creation, either outdoors, in nature, or through art, music, um, uh, other, other things like that. On the Sabbath, I will not look at Twitter or Facebook or read any work-related emails. I will not talk about or engage any work-related tasks unless there is a true emergency. Jesus does actually say you can handle emergencies on the Sabbath. Um... If somebody has an emergent need, but also then just the rule of conversation. One thing that's really helpful for Rebecca and I on Sabbath, we don't talk to each other about work related things. Just taking all that conversation out of your Sabbath will really help you unwind and relax. I will not try to catch up on household chores or errands that have been left undone. Um, And you know, set up some guidelines. Maybe it means the conversations with other people in your life that will make a protective container around your Sabbath. And then just be willing to try different things. Lastly, number six, find support. Get other people around you. Having this as a shared value with your local church, for example, uh, relationships with mature believers in your life will be encouraging, will give you support where you can bounce ideas off of each other. Because remember, we're trying to manage the tension between getting legalistic about it or being way too free about it. And what I mean with way too free is that I noticed that myself, when I went through years where it really just meant I went to the church service and then I did nothing, I wasn't always restored. I wasn't always refreshed by it. That I actually needed some spiritual practices 
to actually make it more life-giving, to make it more refreshing, more spiritually renewing, instead of just stress praying. And so talking that through with other people, and, and honestly, these materials... In my view, it saved my life. Two or three years into our journey here in Baltimore, I was so dry. I was so weary. I was so exhausted. I was so stressed. I was so frustrated. But at the end of the day, it was because I wasn't doing Sabbath well in a way that was restorative, that was a mechanism that brought the love of God into my life, that helped me focus on the reality that God loves me. And that who I am is more important than what I do. What it should bring us to is this, I'm doing nothing productive, and yet God loves me completely. That is a revolution. I know this is difficult, and yet I believe it is essential to help you, to help us with this season and into the next, that we would be refreshed and enjoying the presence of God. Allow me to pray for you today. God, we need your help with this. Um, Honoring the Sabbath principle is not easy uh, for us, and some of the concepts are really revolutionary and different. Um, But God, we know that if we will live by your guidance, that you will refresh us, strengthen us, give us purpose, give us direction, um, help us to avoid. You will help us avoid mistakes. So God, help us to not get weird about this, but help us to uh, use it as a guiding principle. Help us to experiment and have freedom to experiment and to respect each other and however we apply this truth. Uh, But Lord, help us to truly come to a realization that who we are is more important than what we do, to be refreshed by it. I thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for participating with this. I hope that it's helpful to you. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.